have the pro flash anti-flash crowd and now the wave was very pro flash and then the weekend numbers came in and then the wave just flew back now the flash blowback is so bad that james gunn is being affected by it even though he really had nothing to do with this film other than putting the stamp of approval of what reshoots were allowed to be used but how many bots like who's benefiting from these clicks of this pro and anti movie stuff at a very fragile time in hollywood we're you know a year away from could be some dark times and i mean dark times in the sense that there'll be no movies out because these strikes are still going on and everything's shutting down all your favorite movies have shut down yeah Everybody, like uh, all the folks, uh, what are the what are the sites that talk about upcoming movie rumors going to do when nothing is being shot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, like there's nothing left after that. Um, yeah. What are these toxic boxes going to talk about? Well, you know, the wars are not going to. That's that's just not that entertaining to me. Like I won't engage. I just yeah. refuse. I refuse to fight over entertainment. <laughs> but well, people love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just like uh, we're talking about. Like uh, sites just create a narrative to get clicks. Yeah. You know? What was the movie? It was a couple weeks ago when I was said, "Oh, it's bombing," and you're like, "It's not bombing." The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Did it? Like, what is it officially considered a bomb or not? I don't even know. I don't. I don't think because I was just getting fed a bunch of stuff that yeah. was like this isn't working i don't think it bombed i think it didn't do as well as they thought or something but it's still probably gonna make like 500 million dollars yeah it's creeping up at a 500 million dollars so that's worldwide. that's not a bomb Mm-mm, by no. any means no not by any stretch <laughs> they didn't make money okay that's that's a thing but i just yeah i think it, like i said it's the uh it's the, the i don't know the, the movie dirt cheat pages in, engage now in um adversarial opinion yeah and that's what you do it's gnarly. is is james gunn responsible for this no i think there's a lot of reasons for this like to I, to me it, it's not uh if you think about it it, it makes total total sense you know what i mean that this would happen you know yeah um there's a lot of reasons like, they've been sitting on this movie for how many years sitting on it for a while yeah um the the lead actor carries the whole movie uh, has had legal troubles. Okay. Yep. He's probably known. Your grandma knows him as the actor from the movie, the superhero movie that started a cult or something. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. So there's all that, all that's floating out there. I think the way they marketed this movie was almost too aggressive that people got tired of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to like, let's book Tom Cruise and Stephen King to put our movie over. Yeah, that, and they showed it, they premiered it months ago, you know, and they've been screening it for people ongoing for months to try and get people to talk and talk about it. I think a lot of people that would probably would have gone to see it already saw it for yeah. free. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it was, a, it was a fine movie. I just think, I mean, people might be already done with this whole DC universe. I don't know. I also think Ezra, Mil- Ezra Miller... Has never really proved super appealing as the Flash. I don't think that, yeah. you know, I don't think he ever got over as the Flash. Well, the, yeah, the best that he was was in the Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is probably the, the least viewed of all the DC properties, right? Even though it's probably the best DC property that you've never seen. That's the only time you saw him, and he was an ensemble. Yeah, I, he didn't carry it himself. Yeah, like this one, he had to carry it himself. This was not a Batman movie. Like a lot of people were booking this as this is a Batman movie. We had, do we want to throw a spoiler alert? They probably saw it, right? <laughs> people, uh, dude, my button, the the Incredible Tron is down. But there, spoilers. Yeah, they probably saw it, but not one, not two, three Batman. Three Batman in this movie, but it still felt like he was. Uh, they were all working around what the Flash was doing. The Flash, the two Barry Allens were the stars of this movie. Yeah, uh, did you like the movie? I liked it fine. I thought yeah. it was a good uh, superhero movie. I thought it it just worked well. I was entertained the whole way through. There was some laughs in there. Uh, I had no heat with it. The thing I had been hearing. Was everybody complaining about the really bad effects? Yeah. Um, they are bad, but I guess I didn't care. <laughs> I just like, 
I was like, you want really, how clear do you want that baby in a microwave to be? Yeah. That how, was... how many times do you want me to remember that, render that, y'all? You want to super, <laughs> you want to see the, the baby super clearly. So what does it matter, right? Like, how, how does that? That was I, very uncomfortable. For, I don't know about you. I was very uncomfortable with that baby in the microwave. It, it, yeah, it's like a. Yeah. I was squirming. Yeah. I was squirming for sure. I took it as when they, anytime the effects were bad. It's when he was in the Speed Force, when he was actually going fast, or when he was in the Chromo Bowl arena. Yeah. I, which it wasn't supposed to be clear. Didn't bother As, didn't as bother I took me. it, but, and, you know, those can't, let's talk about the cameos, because we, we wished right here on the show, we made a short, we needed to see Christopher Reeve, and we got him. And that was another one that people really got a lot of heat. Like, the biggest trend on Flash is not Flash box office. It says the Flash CGI. If you search Twitter, that's the first suggestion. Right. I mean, obviously he passed. They did not do as well as Loomis in Halloween like we wanted, but it was there. And then Nicolas Cage, that wasn't CGI. That was really Nicolas Cage. Was it? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. Yeah. I had, I mean, the cameos are fine, but I mean, I don't, cameos don't add anything to the actual movie. No, it's no. Become, it's become a gimmick and it's like, it doesn't really do anything. And they were fine. Yeah. Um, there was a more. They cut so much more. They sure. cut Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. They cut Cesar Romero and Burgess This movie Meredith. feels like it was cut down to the bare bone because yeah. it moves. It's fast-paced. Every scene matters. There's no there's no downtime in this movie. Um, I just, yeah, I think there's, I got, I don't think there's, I can't think of a single thing that I would, even like I said, the bad CGI, I don't care. I think it was fine. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I'm over it already. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm already done. Yeah. it's just, <laughs> But, like, I just think that this movie had a cloud over it for a long time. It did. I think the marketing was maybe too aggressive that folks just got tired of it. I think, like, you know, here's the best marketing drop ever, in my opinion. Here's my opinion, Jeff. And I bet you will par- at least partially agree. Yeah. The best movie drop ever. Was Netflix at the Super Bowl? Oh, Cloverfield three after the game. So good. So so that, good. Ha, that was that was that was that was it. That was awesome. That was fantastic. I totally agree. So I think instead of showing this movie months ago to people so they can build chatter and all the spoilers can get out or whatever, I mean, I feel like it would have been more effective to just be like, hold all your info. And then two weeks before you want to drop it, drop the trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, boom, and just, like, show people nothing uh, and get them in. Because I, I think people were just worn out from hearing about it. I think you're right. I think and it was just it, it had a tough road ahead of it. I loved it. I, I really did like it. But that being said, I, I liked it in the sense that I got to see a lot of things that I've been waiting for for a long time. But I was also looking at this film. I I fell for the one part of the narrative that this was going to be a reboot. This was going to be a reset. So to me, it was going to be goodbye for a lot of the characters. Sure. And I was excited to see, okay, what's this next step going to be? Because what happened with Shazam, which I think is going to unfortunately happen to Blue Beetle, and it's definitely going to happen to Aquaman, is like you said, James Gunn was so aggressive that... He made these movies feel like they didn't matter. And this was the only one that he kind of put an asterisk on. It kind of matters because that's going to be our official reset. But the other ones, like, why are you going to have any kind of emotional investment in there if you know that they're just going to be throwing them away? And I feel like that's what that end credit scene was trying to accomplish with Aquaman. No, no, Aquaman's still here, even though it was kind of like they could have done so much more with that end credit scene. But I, I mean, I like I liked the movie. It was great to see, and I liked the movie in the sense that the Flash stuff, it's fine. But I was happy to see Michael Keaton as Batman again, and I think he did a great job. And you know who the number one character in that movie was for me? Supergirl. Fantastic. I want a movie of her like immediately. She was Super- so good. Supergirl was was yeah was the best thing in that movie. Yeah, whatever. I would love to see a Supergirl movie. Oh, man. She was so... Sasha... Sasha Calais? Sasha Calais. Oh, man. She was so... Like, she was the bright spot of that. And I guess what worked out well is you didn't really know what to expect. And even 
wasn't until that first trailer that you knew she was even going to be in there. Yeah. But man, she del- to me, she delivered. Like she was a badass. Like she was ready to face Zod. But then I didn't expect like a teased heel turn. Like, wait, I'm not a human. Screw you. I'm yeah. going to go see what, you know, these Kryptonians are doing. Like everything about that was so good. So I did enjoy the movie, but there was also that part of me of just like, what am I investing in here? I was investing in, okay, he said this is going to be a reboot. So whatever happens at the end, I knew there was going to be a swerve. You knew he was going to do something that was going to affect the timeline permanently with the tomato cans. But I didn't expect George Clooney. <laughs> Did you expect that? You, um, you knew it was well, coming? I got spoiled on it. Oh, and you I, got was spoiled. Like, I was like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we'll check it out. <laughs> Sounds interesting enough. But... Um, it just it it makes sense if is he going to be the Batman in the Brave right. of the Bold? Is that what's happening there? No, that's what they which said. I got no heat with that if that's the case. No, but they said he's not, and that's then they don't then they don't get it. Yeah, that's what I mean. They they took the the opportunity to do the hard reset, and they they screwed it up. This was their opportunity to do the Flash when you look up and you have you know Charlton Heston and says. Damn it! And you realized that the Statue of Liberty, like, you're still screwed. And the movie could have ended. Yeah. And man, that would have got people go to Aquaman. They would have just, like, or at that point, they would have wanted any little tidbit. Because you realize, by him moving the tomato can, it didn't make big damage, but it did change a lot of things. And they blew that by a, a, a comedy gag. I have no... I have no heat with George Clooney. Yeah. But, and it accomplished what they were trying to accomplish that nothing's ever going to be the same. But it just felt like it was too jokey to end on when I was expecting a, a, a universal reboot. Yeah. With approved reshoots, because the original ending of this scene was Michael Keaton getting out of the car and then Gail Gadot and Wonder Woman Gail Gadot showing up and Henry Cavill showing up with Supergirl, with Kara. Zarel, they were all going to be there, and he's going to realize, oh, I didn't. We're still, we're still kind of stuck. But that would have been if they stayed in the the rocks universe. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about that because that was going to be the rocks direction. That was the rocks ending. And then when, although this movie made less than Black Adam, did you know that? I did. I did. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. So they're getting some heat for that. But if that was the rocks ending. They would have been like Henry Cavill is still in this, yeah, and it would have still been wouldn't have been like a reboot. This one just kind of ended on a joke, and I, I don't I think this movie was too important to end on two jokes. The ending was a was a laugh, and then the end credit scene was a laugh, and I I was left more confused rather than I wanted to have that Planet of the Eight moment of just like then you start fantasy booking on what's going to happen next, yeah, but we didn't get that, and is this. Is that James Gunn's fault? Because James Gunn is getting fifty percent heat on this. I don't. I don't think he's to blame. I, I don't. Mean, I think he was working with the film again. And then, I think a lot of the reason that this is not working is because of the marketing. Yeah, and the fact that they actually they probably built people's expectations way too high. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The greatest comic book movie of all time. Yeah, that was way way too much. Yeah, that was way too much. I struggled with that, what we were talking about, with Across the Spider-Verse. I don't ever want to hear a film's going to be the greatest of all time because then I'm too much of an optimist. And then even if it's really great, I'm going to be like, oh, I told you I needed to see Across the Spider-Verse the second time to realize how great it really was. You know, but I went in there with, you know, it was kind of like let the steam out of the balloon. So I don't know... I don't blame James Gunn for this. I blame, like you said, maybe some marketing decisions, but he still needs to take a swing at this. I don't blame the director, Andy Muschietti. People people are like, oh, good job announcing that he's going to be directing Batman the Brave and the Bold after his film just bombed. I was like, that this isn't his fault either. Yeah. I mean, he shot a film years ago. <laughs> I mean, it. I don't think that he needs to take the heat for this either. I think the heat... F- clearly falls on Ezra for committing crimes in real life yeah. as a superhero. I think he's responsible. Well, yeah. I mean, he had he got a lot of bad press. That affects the movie, you know? Yeah. That's a, big, that's a huge part. And I think they were trying to recover from that. They thought they could overcome it. Because the movie itself, if Ezra Miller was a babyface, that movie would be so over. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I think the movie would have got over. I think in the end. He would have been able to go on Jimmy Fallon and promote <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And do a game. And Man, did he not look like he was like hypnotized or something on his, that red carpet? Did yeah. you see him? Yeah, yeah. They're like, man, did they like show his, sew his mouth shut? Like he, I think he answered some of the questions. He only had approved words that oh. he could say out loud. Oh, my God. What do you think, what do you think happens to him now? I think this is probably the end of his career for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not going to get booked. No. So I think right now is it's going to be slowly go away for a while and see if you can come back with some sort of like smaller indie thing, go back to your roots and see what you can do. He's going to be the Vinny Chase Hollywood jail. I think so. Although he's not going, I mean, he's <laughs> it, uh, for Vinny Chase. It was, Bad movie choices, but for for Ezra, I mean, it was it was true crime. Unfortunately, bad life choices. Yeah, bad, very bad life choices. But I think that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, there's no there's no Flash two coming. Um, just didn't do well enough. And and again, I it, this movie had everything going against it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I as for everything that did go against it, I I would have thought it would have had a little bit more. You know, just getting Michael Keaton to come back, I would have thought. That was enough, but Hollywood's, you know, taking everything's taking a beating right now. Yeah. You know, Anthony brought this up. The industry needs to decentralize to not let reputation and personal lives get in the way of art. Here's the thing. You know, we've said said this before. Like De Niro, who's the De Niro and Pacino, right? They always did everything they can to hide their personal life. Yeah. And they did it for the art because like if you see me, you know, going to Chili's or uh, on on social media, which didn't exist before, are you really going to be able to see me as these characters? You have trouble with that with The Rock, who's huge in social media, but The Rock is always The Rock. Yeah. He's never, he doesn't get lost in these roles because you can hear, you can see, you can feel The Rock. This is different times for actors than before. So the, the scrutiny is going to be there. You, you got, you have to be squeakier clean or sneakier than ever to, yeah, I mean, you to, have to, to live Every, your everyone's life. Everyone's got phones um, and there's an entire industry that just thrives on celebrity gossip. So yeah, they, they feed off of you, you know, yeah, uh, just waiting for you to do anything, anything inappropriate that they can post. And he didn't. And Ezra did multiple things. You know, he, whatever, whatever is going on, like, I, I want, I want them to get their mental health uh, together and right. all the help they need. It's great, but it's just unfortunate, like the way it went down. Because I think, yes, I think, I think their career is over for a while. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's definitely done for a while. Who? So, I think, I think Michael Keaton obviously stays unscathed. I think Sasha is going to stay unscathed. Like I don't feel like they're going to be affected. I was surprised that they were trying to pull Anthony Machetti. And is that how you say his name, Machetti? Machetti. Yeah. I was surprised that he was getting any kind of flack for this because I don't think there was anything wrong with that other than, I guess, as the director, would you get final say on just, like, how many times you're going to render that baby in the microwave? Uh, you know, it could have been a cost-cutting measure. They were like, you know, uh, let's just, like, save some on the effects. We've already spent all this, and we're going to have to spend more on marketing. So it could have been. And then they're just, like, they turned it into a style choice. Yeah. Because, like, the uh, Muschietti, the director, was saying, it's like, I intended those effects to look cheesy because it's a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not a... a I, I would have bought it. He said, I intended them to look distorted because you're watching somebody travel faster than the speed of light. Sure. And that's that's a way better. You should work for <laughs> Warner Brothers PR. That's, that's all a, he had to say. It's a way better explanation. Because um, when he yeah, when he was in the Chromo Dome, that's exactly what I thought. Why Henry Cavill looked funny and they all looked funny. He's like, yeah, he's traveling so, so fast, faster than the speed of light. You're, everything's going to look a little distorted. Yeah. When you're underwater, things look distorted. When you're traveling faster than the speed of light, I've never done it to my knowledge, but I assume it's going to look a little distorted. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. And again, the special effects, I think, were fine. Yeah. Like they are not as good as, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. I was watching like the first uh, Avengers movie and those effects looked really good. I think they had way more time yeah. to work on them back then. But it didn't really bother me that much that the effects were bad. I didn't care because uh, the movie overall worked. Here's another factor, though, Jeff. I think there's lots of factors why this didn't work. We're, we, we were thinking everybody's in it for to seek the Keaton Batman. 
But Keaton Batman was 33 years ago, 34 years ago. Yeah, 89, right? Yep. 34 years ago was Keaton Batman. The target audience to this movie had not was not born for like 12 years after that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, when you put it that way. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So they don't know about Keaton Batman. They don't care. No. And honestly, if you watch Keaton Batman now, it's pretty goofy. You yeah. Know? It's got that Tim Burton vibe, um, which, I mean, he's never made a serious movie. His movies always got sort of a goofy vibe. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, so, 100%. And it's just there. And uh, I think Batman Returns is better, but um, who, that was not uh, that was not a draw for folks who didn't, who are not... 50. <laughs> no, no, you're right. This was the first time I, I, you're right. I think they skewed the audience for the older, because the older audience, because how many people knew about the whole, unless you saw the Kevin Smith documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, how many people knew about Nicolas Cage being booked as Superman with the giant spider? Just nerds like us. <laughs> like nobody cares about that. I was exactly, you know, that's the first thing that I was listening for and I heard it, uh, Yesterday, when I went to the theater, I didn't hear it today, and I heard it when I first walked out. You needed the one nerd that was in the group that said, "Do you know why they had Nicolas Cage in there?" and yeah. had to go through the whole story. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, for I'm sure, like for the 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 non discriminating crowd, not the the non movie nerd crowd, probably didn't even occur to them that that was Nicolas Cage. No, in that cameo. <laughs> Because the effects are so bad. Yeah. Nobody looked at that and automatically knew that's Nicolas Cage as Superman. How strange. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> there's another Superman with long hair. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, but again, like. I feel like if Nick Cage would have done that Superman role, I bet he would have played it a little bit like his Conair role. Yeah, that you're right. Had the way to go. <laughs> a little less of a th Southern accent. For sure. And then. I didn't expect it. it. The George Reeves Superman cameo didn't feel like a cameo because that just felt like stock footage. Yeah. And I think at that point, they just started rolling through stock footage. I wish they would have found a way to make it seem like we were looking back in time and not actually watching stock footage. But I didn't know if that's possible to do it. It looked, it looked like uh, worse than stock footage, I feel like. It looked like... Uh... What was that movie? Like Young Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. The very first digital effect ever where he <laughs> fights that <laughs> he fights that window painting or whatever. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and it's like super flat. That's what Christopher Reeves as Superman looked like to yeah. me. Yeah. Like just a, a flat, non-dimensional thing. Like if you turned him on his side, he'd be flat. You would see just a single flat line. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know. Spider cardboard cutout. It was a cardboard cutout. Spider-Verse could get away with it, right? Because it was animated. Right. So you can do those, but it didn't work here. Uh, I I still popped because, like I said, I was happy to see it, but I really was actually surprised that I, that Helen Slater showed up. Like, I did not expect that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but again, she was she was also a She's victim. the only other Supergirl. I mean, I guess they could have got Melissa Benoit from the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Which no. is it's it is kind of a weird decision to put them together because they were never in the movie. They were never in the movie. Like he he pulled out of that. He was going to have a cameo in that, and he pulled out. Yeah. So he they they were never together. So, but it was fun. Again, that was, those were wink wink fun for Gen X. Thank you, Anthony Machetti, for taking care of Gen X. You know, but now you got to worry about these these the next generations to to pull those in, and unfortunately, they had Twitter. I don't blame him. I blame Ezra. I mean, but it is what it is. I still enjoyed the film. I feel bad. Like you said, you know, he, he clearly needs help. But seeing, like you said, if he was a baby face and if he was out there doing good things, this movie would have done way better. Yeah. It would have done way better. But again, I, I still, I, I think I need to go see that one again, too. I think I need to see that one. Just now that the steam has been let out of the balloon, I need to see that with eyes of just like, I don't have to look for different things. Michael Shannon was saying something that he played this role a little bit different. Did it feel different from his Man of Steel? I guess it did feel a little bit less personal. Like Man of Steel felt personal because you got their entire backstory. This one just felt like this was business. Well, and this, is a, this is another reason I think folks are not enjoying the movie. Like, 
if you're a, a Flash fan, does when does Flash fight Zod in the comics? You're right. No. Is that a thing? Like, why do they have the Flash fighting Zod? That's true. Why couldn't you do a Flash villain? Right. Yeah. And they because I think I guess because the intention was always to just reboot this universe. Right. So they wanted to like button it all up together from the first movie to the last. I guess they may needed that unstoppable hero. Like what I, I when I think of uh, Flash villains, I think Captain Cold and Gorilla Grodd. But maybe they just wanted to go with the Kryptonian that. They wanted to go with a villain that nobody could stop because clearly the only one that could have stopped it was Supergirl. That's the only thing I can think of. But you're right. There wasn't there. There was an opportunity for reverse flash, which was in there. And that was the rumor. And then they kind of had a weird version of it when it was just Barry Allen again with all this Kryptonian stuff that he just kept getting stabbed (laughs) and going back in time and trying to fix it. That was the dark flash. Yeah. Which I guess that's the closest you got to a villain, but that it still didn't feel villainy. It, it just felt like somebody that was just desperate. Uh, that was a desperate hero, which I guess you could call a villain, but you're right. I mean, it could be off-putting that it was a super a Superman main villain yeah. that was fighting the Flash, and the Flash did no don't, chance. You don't. It's like every superhero movie. Part of it is introducing a villain for for the, your superhero to fight. You need a baby face and a heel, and they're just recycled of uh, Zod from another movie. It just it makes sense for what their intentions were to like reboot everything, but it just takes it makes the movie uh, just a less appealing idea. What is Zack Snyder thinking about all of this? It's just like, you know, for telling me that my universe is canceled, every single project that you've had since you told me this has had one of the characters that I've helped build. Well, he had all the marbles. That's the thing. I mean, he was he the guy, right? And it's like, if you go back, Man of Steel's not that bad. I don't know. No, why it's not like bad it. at all. I was fine with it. Like, I think that was a good beginning, but... um. They just overcorrected so bad that they threw everything off alignment. You know what I mean? They did. And they're still feeling the effects because, yeah, I, like these movies are still doing Zack Snyder stuff, which I don't understand yet why. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think this one, like I said, it finally, it finally nailed the formula that it was going for. They did a DC Marvel movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Finally. Yep. Totally worked, and it's the worst, the lowest uh, box office they've ever done. And the irony is that, you know, this movie was built on multiverse, and if this would have came out when it was originally, they would have been first to multiverse, right? We have our three multiverse movies. We have into... Oh, right, because they were doing Flashpoint first. Yeah, Flashpoint would have came first, way before Quantumania, way before Loki 2, way before... Multiverse of Madness, and then way before Into the Spider-Verse and across the Spider-Verse, you would have had Michael Keaton's Batman explaining the multiverse. And now it felt like he was a little bit late to the party. Although, did you notice that he explained it different than they did in Endgame when they started talking about how time travel works? And he's just like, it's just a big spaghetti mess. I did notice that. I didn't. It felt like it was... It's like you may have seen it in a movie. Right. <laughs> specifically. I don't know if he was it was making fun of that or if he was making fun of Back to the Future. Back to the Future gets another comic book time travel shout out. It got a shout out in Endgame and now it got a big shout out. It was a big part of the plot was Eric Stoltz. I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah. Another one for the nerds though. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah. Again, How many people know about that? Yeah, I don't think anybody in the in the average, uh, you know, you know, non discriminating movie crowd is like, what? Why are they talking about? <laughs> Did you pop though a little bit? When I they, mean, yeah, I, it was it was great for me when but, they talked about the 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 butterfly effect. So who went on? So Kev, what did Kevin Bacon went on to do? Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I did. I did enjoy it. There was a lot of element. I. I Here's the thing. We go to these movies to be entertained, and I did have fun. It's a very entertaining movie. I had it's fun. Great. I had no I had no regrets. Yeah. It's just past its prime, held too long, oversold, uh, overcrimed, 
just everything that could possibly go wrong with this movie went wrong with this movie. It just sucks that it also happened to be really, really good. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they finally got it right. They got it done. <laughs> and everybody's like, they already stopped paying attention. They've already stopped paying attention. So you made a comic book movie. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to Blue Beetle? Um, I think August? Well, I think Blue Beetle has a chance, man. You do? If they can keep it isolated in its own little universe, um, if it gets over, if it's good, I think it's got, it has some, it has possibility. Um, you know, it's got, uh, you know, Hispanic characters. It's got some appeal. Some draw. Yeah. George Lopez looks like he could be funny in it. That could be good. So if they could turn this into a little nugget of a small superhero universe for Miguel, I think it could work. It could work. It could. You know? James Gunn announced that Blue Beetle is the first official DCU character, but the Blue Beetle movie is not a DCU movie. (laughs) I don't understand. He's trying so hard. He's like, I guess that he... I took it as he's going to, that is going to be your Blue Beetle going forward, but this movie may not be his origin story. And I think that's what's confusing people. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what does it matter? Just, just, just don't even tell us what you're going to put out. Just put out the trailers. Yeah. That's the thing. And again, I think everybody would benefit. This is my PSA to the world, all of us. Let's all close our browsers. And just stop caring about what's coming out and just wait for the trailer to hit. Let's give ourselves that joy back. Remember the joy of seeing a trailer? It's like, oh, this is coming out. We need that back. I wanted to be quiet because amen, Mervyn. I just wanted to take it in. I wanted to drink it in because there's nothing like seeing a trailer in the theater that you didn't get to see it on your phone or anything first. And all of a sudden you're like, I've been waiting for this. And you didn't know it was going to drop. That's a beautiful feeling. We need to recreate that. You know what that feels like? That feels like a blockbuster on a Friday night. You remember that feeling? That's a great feeling. Uh, (laughs) Let me take you back to, uh, was it uh, spring 1989? (laughs) 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 When that first Batman trailer hit. Oh, man. The first Keaton Batman. And there's like no dialogue in it. Right. You know? Yep. That was so good. You need moments like that to be. To and come you back. couldn't go back and rewatch it when you got home. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. You had to go the next time you went to the theater. That's when you said it. <laughs> anyway, but like those uh, were good times. I just think, yeah, just let's all stop caring. Let's all stop trying to figure out what's going to happen in the movie. Den of Nerds, shut down. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You do great stuff, but like I'm just saying, let's all just let the movies happen, and maybe we can enjoy them. More. We have to yeah. because we're, there's no way we're again. I I fall victim to it too. You go in with these expectations. Yeah. When we just had nothing but hope. Do people go in with not the desperate type of hope of please make this work of just like the wonderment of walking in like what am I about to walk into and see? Yeah. Like nobody can do that, and now we have to suffer two more. Fingers crossed, hold on to your butts, DC movies, at a time where Hollywood is so fragile. Because we're talking about DC being fragile. Marvel's on the ropes. They're so fragile right now. Listen to this. Would you have thought that in the same weekend, The Flash and the new Pixar movie would have both tanked? And they did. I think people are just... Hollywood's on the ropes, man. Yeah. Like, well, again, I don't think they're going to tank. I think Flash will probably still make its money back. Right. Elemental, I don't know what... what. Uh, it's just lower than it's been. Yeah. You know, and so people are not uh, coming out the way they used to for this stuff. Pixar is because... I mean, Pixar, Pixar, I just... I hate to say it, but Pixar is an old brand. It's time to... They're going to have to... Refresh. Put, put some put some some juice into that one and refresh and get some young blood going. Um, someone pointed out about this. Someone pointed this out on the internet, and I thought it was really funny. It's like all the Pixar movies coming out are always about standing up to your parents, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the plot of every Pixar movie. It's like that's true. Um, parents just don't understand. Man. But you've got like again, you've gotten you've look the two biggest movies of the year are animated movies: Super Mario Brothers and Spider Verse. Yeah. So it's just like animation ha- is doing something different now, and Pixar is classic Coke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and people want cherry vanilla peach, whatever. 
<laughs> they want it. They want that freestyle machine. Yeah. 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 You called it when you're just like everything's blue globs, and then you're like, wasn't there another blue glob movie? There is another blue glob. There movie. is. I didn't really. It's. It's. Uh, I was a teenage kraken. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's what Mario was talking about. That's the blue glob he was talking about. <laughs> They just need, yeah. They, I, they are one hundred percent need need a refresh. But they had their their founder kind of went off the rails too, right? And didn't he get canceled? And uh, yeah, I think some of their, yeah. So they, what is Disney going to do, man? They bought all these brands and they corporatized them, right? Because we know Star Wars is the credibility is on the rope. Marvel's credibility is on the rope. Now Pixar is not. Then what what do they do? Like, what does Disney do? Like, how do they recover? Can they recover from this? Do they cut bait? Do they just learn to put a sock in it and, like you said, just t- take their time with movies? Like, what's the answer here? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. I just think that, I just think that people's tastes are cha- are changing. Yeah. So they need to adjust. It's time to adjust to that, um, and what, or at least whatever the, because I mean, they have a product. They got wholesome family entertainment, right? Yeah. With lessons in there and, you know, don't let your dad tell you you can't do what you want. Your parents can't hold you <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but it's like, you know, they just, they have, a, they have a brand and I just don't know that folks are, it's not appealing to people. And then you've got to also take into account, they kind of got screwed in the pandemic because Disney put all their stuff on yeah. uh, the Disney Plus. In their Disney Plus. And now they're back in theaters and it's like, well, I'm not going to. Why would I would just wait? It's on Disney Plus in a month. That's what I was wondering. Is like, do you feel like it's just a lot of people that are? We've been th- threatened for a long time that when are people going to stop going to the movies? Do you think there's a big crowd of people that's still not going back to the movies just no, out of habit? No, because- I think I think people are going to the movies. But by the way, we like the, the studios release stuff. They're training people to expect things in a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, right? Like, again, I've said this before. Right now, the Marvel movies, I think part of the reason they're suffering is because they devalued their movies with a bunch of TV shows. Yeah. And everybody knows that it can come to, it's going to come to Disney Plus eventually. But also, it's just like, oh, there's all these other TV shows. It just feels less special, you know? Yeah, because remember how first that first Disney drop? I mean, I know it was during lockdown, but how special it felt like that we were going to get WandaVision yeah. on TV. And I liken it to the same feeling that I got like, wow, I can't believe we're going to have a TV show about zombies. That's only done in movies. Right. It's that it was that special feeling. Right. And, and that, that feeling is gone. The thrill is gone for that. Like, did you even know? I'm going to test you. Did you even know that there was a new Marvel Disney show dropping tomorrow? Uh, I knew something was coming. I, uh, the, I, se- the Secret Wars? Se- no. Yeah, Secret Invasion. The Secret Invasion. And it hit me last week that I was like, wow, this is coming up next week. Can you, before when these shows were dropping, you knew the exact day they were dropping. Yeah. I had no idea. There was a couple of weeks ago, you could watch the first 10 minutes if you hacked into a website and put in this password. Like they're they're getting gimmicky. With their marketing, and that's not going to work. So I don't know what the show is going to do. Uh, I don't. I, I was I was watching some trailers or whatever about it, uh, just to kind of see what it was. I mean, I kind of know what it is. Obviously, I mean, I follow all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. But um, here's one thing I noticed, and I don't think anyone's going to tune into this show, and I'll tell you exactly why. In every bit of information, video, trailers I've seen for this, there's not a single superhero. Oh, you're right. <laughs> In anything that they show, yeah. Who's why would any why why what are you telling people to tune in for here? Right. Um, you just I don't yeah you can't do that. That's a good point that you're not clear because I don't know if the average person is clear on who were the heels with the because with they the, were baby the faces the in uh, in Captain Marvel. Yeah. So it's I don't know that this is selling anything to folks. I think people it's just like oh it's a, it's the Sam Jackson show, and he's like a detective or something, right? You know, <laughs> you know, it's just like what? Why would people hop over to that? There's so many other choices. I think one of the marketing things that's being pushed back there is is backfiring a little bit. They're like, this is to Marvel what Andor was to Star Wars. Which Andor was a great show, but a lot of people did not watch Andor. Yeah. Like a lot of people did not watch Andor. Yeah. So 
I don't know if I would be telling people that either. So I'm, I mean, I'm gonna clearly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. I mean, I have it. I give everything a swing. I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving than, like you said, a lot of these movie dirt sheets and sites that are just so unforgiving and they just get so angry. What generation is doing this? Like, I don't feel like the the that's the true film fans generation. I feel like the ones that you really need to be focused on, which I guess would be Gen Z, they're going to Fathom Events to watch anime. Like they're watching all this stuff that has nothing to do with like a lot of these main brands. Like it takes a lot to cross over. And what has crossed over across generations are the two that you mentioned, Super Mario Brothers, which I mean, I put that as timeless, right? Because everybody who's ever played a game knows who Mario is. Yeah. And, you know, Across the Spider-Verse, which I called American anime, that it feels so different. The the emotional stakes in there were way different. And I just feel like there's no, they're missing a lot of these emotional stakes that are going to lure this new generation out to the theaters to watch, you know, watch these IPs that used to mean a lot. They used to mean a lot. I mean, it meant to me, I was shocked knowing Quentin Tarantino, not knowing him personally, but everything he said, right? You knew that he was the type of person that was collecting comic books when he was a kid, you know, and he wanted to do those. And now he won't touch uh, a movie like that because they become something different. He's kind of like a good theatrical litmus test because the two big moments that I told you about was one that he's like, I don't give a fuck about Disney star Wars. I want George Lucas star Wars. Otherwise I don't care. And then the second one was just like, he doesn't, he came out against comic book movies. Do you think he's, I think that's a good litmus test because he is the master of the theatrical experience. I mean, I just, I, yeah, he's very extremely knowledgeable of Hollywood in general. Yeah. He, he knows the cycles. He knows what works. That's how he was always able to manage his career so well. It's like, he just understood it. He read so much about it and everything. I think, I mean, I, I, I feel like, we are inundated now with uh, superhero entertainment because it works. People like it. Yeah. Uh, just like they like comic books. I always do. You, I feel like if, even if you weren't into comic books as a kid, uh, superhero stuff still even expanded further. So you would still, yeah, we could still be into it. There was like toys, trading cards, video games. There was other stuff for you to do with superheroes. Right. So I mean, they're they're just got that that popularity. Um, Good point. Good but point. now it's like they've done them all already for about ten, twenty years. Is yeah, it fifteen years. They've done them all, and now um, they're to the point where it's like we're nearing the hard reset. You know, we're start over. I think they're due. So I think uh, we're just we're 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 just at that moment where the 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 last big trend is waning in popularity and it's time it's time to let it go and start start anew and just try something different try something different and that's why super mario brothers is over no one had ever seen that and that's that's can i just be real it was bad right like it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> it was not it was not good <laughs> i expected i wanted it to be way better yeah it's not it's it's definitely not gonna will, will it get nominated for best animation animated movie i don't know yeah probably will oh yeah i think i it's mean because from a technical standpoint it's amazing um but you didn't watch that movie and leave energized uh and be like wow what a great piece of art it was like that was a movie yeah you got it done <laughs> you got it done you made a mario <laughs> brothers movie i guess it, it it had enough of the the remember barry's nostalgia nostalgic charm for for its but but again its audience that's this is our opinion and we have skewed opinions yeah okay the average person uh the the non-discriminating movie public went in there and was like wow (laughs) this is amazing super mario (laughs) brothers as a movie (laughs) you know what i mean because it made so much money. You're right. They went back over and over. It's like I said, you see that video of Charlemagne the God talking about it. He was like, it was beautiful. <laughs> well, like Anthony said here, it, it did have a charm. 
that helped carry it through a lot of, like you said, what was what was lacking in story. It 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 made up for in charm, and I think that helped it. Oodles but, of charm, yeah. Oodles of charm, great visuals. Uh, good know. nods, good nods to all the games, like, and that's what everybody wanted. Like again, I've I've said how I wish they didn't do celebrity voiceovers, but this one nailed it with the celebrity voices. Right yeah. on the money. You had Donkey Kong. <laughs> they had Mario Kart in there. Yeah, they had Mario I mean, Kart. Just Luigi's it just, Mansion was in there. That was good. Yeah, which is popular. I but you can't compare it again if you're talking about what's going to win the Oscars. You can't compare it to Across the Spider Verse, which probably is going to take it this year for sure. But it'll take that one. And I like I said, I think it could get nominated for best overall picture. You know, after my second pass for it, I. I I see what you're saying now. It, it kind of won me over. I, the emotional stakes without having that sound break and just FYI, they really did send a fixed version out there because the first film that I saw compared to the second one were two completely different films. Yeah. We didn't have to have the projectionist rewind it, then rewind it too far, and then the sound was still bad, and then it was always a little off. This was a clean version that unable to pull you out of the moment. And then, because you want those emotional stakes to have that gravitas. And if you're cut off where a light turns on, just like they say, you know, that could distract. That's happened big time. Yeah. But there were so much, there, yeah, the emotional stakes were there. And, and I it, just, I love, I think the writing is so wonderful. Yeah. Like, the way that they scripted this movie, the, the, the way things pay off, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the seeds they plant early that pay off later, and just... I just think it's really saying something the way it sets up the final twist with Miles because you've had this the issue has been his de- whether or not he can save his dad right yep and you are that's the main thrust but it's like when you see the universe where he that his his father died and he turned to crime it's just like wow they're just like saying a lot here you know yeah, yeah that was really, big. they're really going they're going hard in in the writing that's what he's fighting to save, you know, or else that could be kind of his future. Yeah, it was great. I got, I was way more emotionally involved that second time with that undisturbed moment for sure. (laughs) So, but I don't know if that's going to be like the next, the next wave, you know, of how do they fix the, you know, I I don't want to say it, but it's there, the whole superhero fatigue. It's coming up on generations, you know, our generations, right? The Gen X generation, we were introduced to superheroes by comic books, by beautiful cards like this, you know, games, stuff that really led to your imagination. Now you're pulling people to the theater. Like the average Miles Morales fan was introduced to him through the Sony PlayStation game, which had an intricate story already kind of built in there. So now they're expecting a lot more. You're not going against their... Imagination, you're going against what they already got. So you're not just going to be able to shovel out just any old generic origin story, you know, and I, and that's what Miles Morales didn't do. And this is what I feel like the Flash would have accomplished if it didn't have its other heat. You got to get away from these origin stories. You have to just... This audience, the new audience coming up are so much more sophisticated because of anime that you have to really raise, the stakes have to be raised. You cannot spoon feed them. They're ready for forks and knives. You can't spoon feed them. Yeah, I agree. And like every, when you, if you read comics, if you, if you read comics, not every comic has an origin story in it. No. It's like eventually we just have to let that, let, leave that in the past. I think people already are accustomed to the fact that every hero has an origin story, uh, so they can just jump past it right into the heroing. Yeah, if you do it in Flash. That's probably the the thing that I'm nervous about Blue Beetle the most is it feels like it's going to be an origin story. It's a cool enough hero that they, it could be forgiving, but I think you said this before. It felt like a movie that should have kind of come out already, and I think that has a lot to do with what we were trained with with origin stories. And I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm still, again, I say that as someone, don't worry, you already have my money. Yeah. <laughs> We're going no matter what. Right. Uh, before we jump off our, our, our superhero film brain, what did you think about the Craven the Hunter 
trailer and poster that dropped today with Aaron Taylor Johnson with Sony taking another swing at their Spider Verse. <laughs> I uh, I just I mean I texted it to you, L O L is what I thought, all caps with an exclamation point. Uh, it, you know I think what's going on here it occurred to me that um, Sony sort of uh, got lucky by uh, putting out a movie and turning Venom babyface, um, which is like I think that's what they're trying to do now with their other properties. Yeah, is just spin out these villains into. Uh, what are they called? Uh, I don't Ant- know. Anti-heroes. Anti-heroes. Yeah. And uh, trying to, try, just trying to, you know, dig for gold and see what they can do. I thought the movie looks um, like I wouldn't see it probably. Not because it's bad. I just, the story itself doesn't seem appealing on its own accord. It's like, if at the end of the trailer, they're like, I'm going to fight Spider-Man now. I think I might have done that, but. That, I, I don't even know if they're going to mention Spider-Man. And there, look, there's pro wrestling went through this. There's only one Stone Cold. Like you can have the cool heels that you cheer for, but not everybody can be that. And I think they did. He they booked the right actor. It was good to see him back in there. Somehow he had ten abs. Can you have ten abs? How many abs does the body have? I think it has like uh, I think it has over twelve. It's, because somewhere along the way, we, we upgraded because you used to talk about the six-pack. Yeah. Then you started seeing people with like eight. Now yeah. it's 10. So are we going to get all the way up to 12? But if that picture, which they did a really good job replicating that very famous picture of Craven the Hunter that everybody knows when he's kind of sitting back and you saw his 10 abs there. Uh, so they booked the right actor, but this could Morbius real quick. And I was shooting on Sony a couple of weeks ago on the show because they make me nervous. They make me really nervous. Yeah, sure. So I don't know. I just think their, their film division needs, needs some help. Yeah. The killing it in the cartoon division, Sony animation. Yeah. Um, but again, I, it's like they have this giant universe. Uh, they're tr- like they got lucky with venom and it's still kind of going. So they're trying to hit that gold again. Um, this it just I don't know nothing really seems here appealing, and this is and the thing is I don't think this has any intention of appealing to us. We're not the demographic. Yeah, it's the average moviegoer. Can they convince them with this story of a hunter who bites people's noses off? Is <laughs> yeah, it, he did bite his that's nose. That's in the trailer. That <laughs> he, seemed I mean, that was awkward. He, he's a heel, but it made it really rough that you know he, clearly Russell Crowe's dad was a heel. So I don't know if they're going to say every... But that was the whole thing, right? The whole Darth Vader gimmick of every journey has a first step. Yeah. And they're going to do that. But man, I don't. I just don't know if it's going to... Again, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really nervous. It's oh. going to be bad. You don't have to be nervous. I'm, let, me, let me assure you right now, it's going to be bad. You're not going to enjoy it. I probably won't go see it. I just wait till it hits stars or something. Um, you're going to go see it at the Thursday show. Uh <laughs> yeah. First early show, the crowd will be dead. It'll be unenjoyable, and uh, you know, and that, that'll be it. That'll be the end of the Craven movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is the tell that when you get those hardcore fans and you see if they pop, you know, yeah. they they did not pop in multiverse and, and and hasn't felt the same since. Yeah, I just feel like we we've, we've been reeling ever since. So I'm I'm nervous about that, but we'll see. Ten abs. Who knew? <laughs> 